Welcome to New Community Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning, church. So good to see each of you here. And if you're our guest here this morning, maybe it's your first or Second time here, and I haven't had a chance to meet you yet. My name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at NCC. And we just want to say thanks for joining us. You picked a great Sunday. We're in the middle of this series called Forgotten God. And in this series, we've been talking about how God has given us his spirit and how it should be a part of our everyday life. The the giving of his spirit, it plays an active role. He plays an active role in our life. And so we've taken the past few weeks and we've looked at that. We've talked every week how, as Christians, we believe that we worship one God and he's demonstrated himself in the personhood of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. We don't worship three gods, he's one, and he has given us his spirit now to to work in our lives, to move in our lives. And so we've taken a little bit of time and looked at what that means. We've looked at the purpose of God's spirit. Last week, we talked about the fruit of the spirit. If you were here, placing ourselves in the right environment allows God's characteristics to be produced in our life. And so today we're going to look at the power of God's spirit at work inside of us. And every day throughout this series, we've been praying a prayer together. I hope you've been doing that with us, just asking for God's spirit to be present in our life. We don't want to forget about him. We don't want to place him to the side. We want him to play that active role inside of our life. And so we're going to pray this again this morning. We're all going to say this together as a church. And so um, let's just pray this together. God, Help me not forget your spirit today. Lead me, guide me, and give me power to live for you. Give me the boldness to speak to the people in my life about you. I'm asking you to fill every moment of my day today. And so that's our prayer, that God would do that inside of us. And so I want to encourage you to continue to pray that with us throughout this week. If you forget it halfway through the week, it's going to be on our social media, on Facebook and Instagram. You can look on there and continue to pray that with us. That's our desire that God's spirit would fill us. And that's what we're talking about today. God's power present inside of our life, everywhere that we go, everything that we have to do, that God's presence would be there in our life, bringing his power. And so we're going to look at scripture together this morning. If you have your Bibles, I want to ask you to open them up and turn to the book of Acts. It's Acts chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. There's a Bible in the seat in front of you, maybe one or two seats over right underneath that seat. And I want to encourage you to take that out. You can turn to page 530 in that Bible and follow along with us as we look at the scripture and what God is saying. And as you're turning there, if you have that, just hold on to that for a second. I want to explain what's going on in the book of Acts here this morning. This is actually a sequel to another book that was written by a man named Luke. And in the book of Luke, Um, This doctor that lived right after the time of Jesus is writing about the life of Jesus from his birth to his death and resurrection. And in the book of Acts, what he does is he continues this story that he's been narrating or that he's been writing about. And it's after the time where Jesus rose again from the grave. And it's about the work of the spirit, the acts of the spirit, if you will, in the life of the early church and people that were followers of Christ, what it was that God's spirit was doing through them to the world around them. And so that's the conversation that we pick up here. And in the book of Acts, Jesus has risen from the grave. He's died and rose again. We celebrated that on Easter morning. And now he's spending a little bit of time with his disciples 
before he's taken into heaven. Oh my, sounds a little scary there, okay? Um, And taken into heaven to be with his father. And so this is a conversation he has with his disciples a few few days before um, he's taken into heaven. And so Acts chapter one, verse four says this. And while staying with them, he ordered them to not depart from Jerusalem. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. But to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So what's going on? The disciples are there, and they're all excited, you guys. They're ramped up. They're pumped up because they're like, Jesus, people can't even kill you when they try. You've got all the power in the world. And so now are you going to establish this earthly kingdom? Like, are you going to set up a throne here in Jerusalem, and you're going to help Israel overthrow Rome, and you're going to take out the Roman Empire, and we're going to be a strong nation again? Is that what you're going to do, Jesus? And he says, hey, it's not for you to worry about that. Don't be concerned about when God is going to establish his throne here on this earth. But there is something that God does want you to know. There's something that I want to leave you with, and that is the gift of my spirit. And my spirit's going to come upon you just as I've promised you, and he's going to fill your life, and you're going to have the power to be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the end of the earth. That's what Jesus promises there. Now, before we really start to look at what this power means and what Jesus is saying, I just want to talk about this. We are blessed with a very diverse church. Just take a moment, look around the room, people that are around you. And in this room this morning, we have a large representation of the body of Christ, okay? There are some of us who have been going to church for a very long time. We were raised and we've attended different churches. For some of us in this room, we're just starting this thing. We just started out in Christianity and about coming to church and about learning what God wants for our life. Or some of you that have been in church for a while, you may have come from a Catholic church at one point or a Baptist church or a non-denominational church. We have a lot of church experiences represented in this room together this morning. And even as we've been going through this series, I've talked with some of you and you've shared, hey, this is new to me. The working of God's spirit, it's something brand new in my life. And some of you have shared, you know what? I grew up in a a church setting where they told us this was kind of bad. Like the power of God and and all of this stuff, like what we're going to read about today, how God's spirit works through us and some of those things that accompany that. Like I was taught that Christians don't do that, that that's kind of a weird thing. And I just want to explain to you, um, as we're here in this setting, we believe in what the Bible says. And as we approach scripture, we do that um, asking a few questions. And you're going to see them on the screen. You can write these down because these are good things to ask when you're reading the Bible. The first is, what is God saying to the readers? This was written to a group of people that were the first readers of the word of God. And what is it that God was saying to them? It's important to know that. And then the second question is, what God said to those readers for us too? Was that something just specific for their time and their culture and what they were going through? Or is that, is it God speaking something to us? Is it kind of timeless? It's a timeless biblical principle. It's still for us today. And then the third question is what God said, is it found in other parts of scripture and is it in keeping with God's character? 
Let me explain that last one. We can read things in the Bible. It doesn't mean that everything that God's telling us in the Bible that we should go out and do. What do I mean by that? Jesus had a disciple named Judas, right? Judas betrayed Jesus. Judas, when he finds out or he realizes what he's done, oh no, I've betrayed the Son of God, he goes out and he kills himself. Now you could understand, wait, I'm supposed to do what the Bible says? Does that mean I'm supposed to go out and do that if I mess up, if I sin? Let me answer that for you. Please don't do that, okay? That's not what God is saying to us. What we're doing is we're learning at that point. God's giving us something. We see even in the Old Testament, a man that was a follower of God, he goes out and commits adultery and he kills this guy's husband or this woman's husband. And, um, and God's not saying that you should do that. What we're doing is God is teaching us from other people's mistakes. So when we read the word of God, we're asking this, is, is what we're understanding from this passage, is it in keeping with God's character? Is it in keeping with his nature, with what we read in the rest of the Bible? And so we ask these questions because we want to come with an open heart. Church, we don't dismiss scripture just because it's supernatural and we can't fully explain it. We don't do that. We don't dismiss scripture because someone else a long time ago told us, hey, this isn't for you. This may be wrong. No, we come to the Bible with an open heart saying, God, what is it that you want me to learn from your word? God, what is it that you want for my life? I want to live that out. And so I want to encourage you, for some of you, you may have heard some of what we're going to talk about today, and someone may have said, you know what, that's not for the church today. But we want to look at Scripture and say, God, what is it that you're saying to us today? And so when we look at this, what is it that Jesus is telling his disciples? What is it that he's telling us? He's telling them, hey, I've got something more for you. There's something more that I have for you. I want to give you this gift of my spirit, and I want my spirit to fill up your life so that you're walking in the full power of God, what is available for you. That's what he's telling them, church. That's what he's telling us. God has something more for you. It doesn't just stop at salvation. God didn't just save you and say, hey, I want you to experience my redemption and my forgiveness. No, he's saying it goes beyond that. It's not just about salvation. I have a way that I want you to live. I want to place my power inside of your life. Now, maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, but wait, Aaron, you've told us the past two weeks that every believer, anyone who says, yes, Jesus, I accept you in my life, that we have God's spirit inside of us. So what's this other thing? What's this more that Jesus is talking about? And I'm so glad you asked that question, okay? Let me explain this to you, what it is that Jesus is saying. If you have your Bibles, you, if you still have that open, you can flip back a few pages or one, pages if you, uh, or one page if you have the Bible in front of you. It's on page 529 to John chapter 20, verse 21. The disciples are in a room after Jesus has risen from the grave and they're kind of huddled up there. They're a little scared about what's gonna happen next because they're not for sure what's going to take place. And Jesus comes into the room, and this is what he says, John chapter 20, 21. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And he said to them, and he, after he had said this to them, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. This is what we've been talking about, that everyone who follows Christ gets that gift of the Holy Spirit, that you receive God's Spirit as that seal. It's that symbol. We belong to God. Paul said that in the later book of the Bible. The Spirit in us, it cries out that we are sons and daughters of God, that He is our Father. That's the sign for the believer that God's Spirit is placed inside of our life. So the disciples receive this. But a number of weeks later, Jesus says that's not all that there is. 
There's something more I have for you. I want to fill you with my spirit. I don't only want God's spirit to live inside of you. I'm not only giving my spirit to just be present there. No, I want it to be overflowing in your life. I want you to be filled with that. And so there's this second work of God's spirit inside of us. How can I illustrate this? It's like when students, you're at school all day and the cafeteria lunch wasn't that good, okay? So you're headed home and you pass Whataburger, and that scent draws you in. Or maybe adults, you were so busy, you worked through your lunch, right? And you're driving past Whataburger, and that smell, it just calls you, right? The tempting call, it calls you in. And so you go through the drive through line, you order the burger, fries, and a Coke, or Dr. Pepper, whatever it is that you drink. And before you're even out of the drive through line, you start to scarf it down. And you finish the burger. You're not even home yet. And you're, you're man, you're eating all of the fries. Like, you're, they're gone. And you look down, and you're saying, man, I want something more. Then out of the corner of your eye in that bag, you spot the golden deliciousness, right? There's those extra fries in the bag. And in that moment, there's joy in your heart, right? It isn't just in there. There's something more that you have. Or late at night, you're, you're sitting there and you're flipping through the, the channels. You don't have anything to watch. You're looking for something and that infomercial comes on, right? that is gonna change your life. It's that new gadget that you need. It's gonna alter the way that you spend your time. It's gonna save you so much time. And then the announcer comes on and what does he say? But wait, there's more, right? We have something extra for you. You guys, they just ripped that line off of God, okay? That's actually his line. That's what he's saying in the book of Acts. Wait, I've got something more. It doesn't just stop at salvation. It doesn't just stop with a little bit of my spirit in your life. No, I have something more that I want to give you in this symbolism that he gives these early disciples is he says baptism. If you've ever seen baptism, if you've ever been a part of that, we do that on celebration service. We talked about that a few minutes ago. It's this symbolism where we go down into the water and we're brought back up. And it symbolizes we're dying to that sinful nature. We're dying to who we were. The water is covering us in kind of this watery grave symbolism. And we're brought back up into new life, what Christ is doing in us now. And that's what Jesus is saying. Hey, get that picture in your mind. That's what I want my spirit to do. Not just to be inside of you, but to fill you, to overflow from your life, to be spilling over you and covering everything that you are. That's the desire that I have. That's why I want you to be filled or baptized with my spirit. And as we look at this, okay, you guys may have wondered what this is up here for. It's not just because I'm thirsty, okay? This is a picture of this in our life. You come to Christ, you're here in a church service and you say, man, I realize I can't fix myself on my own. I'm a sinful person and I'm in need of God's gift in my life. All of us that have come to Christ or at that point, if you're in this room and you're not a follower of Christ, when you surrender your life to Christ, God's spirit is placed inside of you. Maybe you can see that water that's right in there. And so God places his spirit in your life. But you're saying, God, maybe there's something more. God, your scripture's telling me that, that there's something more that you want for my life. And so you begin to pray that prayer that we pray every day. God, fill me with your spirit. God, lead me, guide me, direct me today. Give me the boldness to speak to other people in my life about you, Lord. Fill every moment of my day. And so you start to pray that. And God, because he's a good God, what does he do? He does that exact thing. He begins to fill you up. Every part of your life, you're praying that, and God begins to do that. And when he does that, it starts to overflow. I don't know if you can see that, but it begins to spill over into other parts of your life. That's what God does. And now you're full of his spirit. You're walking out that day in the power of God's spirit. But what begins to happen? You have that coworker at work who's a jerk, and they bump into you, right? And a little bit of God's spirit may spill out. Or that person cuts you off when you're driving into work. 
that teacher gives you so much homework that you're just annoyed, right? And you start to say things or an attitude in your heart that shouldn't be there. And life just bumps into us. And then you're there in that moment around a family member, a neighbor, a coworker, and they said, hey, I've got something physically. The doctor gave me some bad news. And God's spirit says, I, I want you to pray for them. I'm gonna work in their life. And so you say, God, let your spirit just pour out of me. And he begins to do that. And he begins to fill other people around you. And God's spirit ministers through you. You encourage someone else. God uses that prayer to bring healing in someone's body. No longer is the cancer there or the sickness there is there because God's spirit is pouring out of you. But you get to the end of the day and maybe you're not as full as you were before. See, this isn't a one-time thing. This isn't, I've got something more one time for you. No, he's saying every day, continue to be filled with my spirit. Every single day, let me pour my spirit into you and let it spill over into your classroom, into your workplace, everywhere that you are, that God's spirit would be overflowing from your life. Church, it doesn't stop at salvation. He wants to fill you. And what he's saying is this is power with a purpose in your life. This is power with a purpose. It's there for a reason. I want to do something inside of you and through you. And so we see this in the book of Acts. If you've still got your Bible open there, turn to chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And this is what happens. The disciples, they've been there. There's 120 of them in this room praying together. And when they've been there, they've been praying for 10 days. When the day of Pentecost, this was a big Jewish festival, arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. What is this? This is the power of God at work in their life. And there's this visual demonstration of what God's spirit is doing inside of them. They can sense this. There's wind rushing through the room where it was calm before. There's these tongues of fire that appear over each of them. And they begin to speak out in other tongues. This is the power of God starting to work inside of their life. And if you're wondering, what is power with a purpose? What does this look like? We have another visual illustration of this. And you may be familiar with this. This word power in the Greek language is called dunamis, okay? Dunamis, a little bit of a weird word there. And it may sound familiar because in 1850, there was this scientist. In the 1850s, a scientist named Alfred Nobel. And Alfred Nobel worked with these different chemicals, and he came up with this kind of explosive device, which he called Nobel's blasting powder, Okay. And he starts to market it, Nobel's Blasting Powder, and he's just like, man, it doesn't have a good ring to it, right? That doesn't just sound good. And so right before he gets to patent it in the 1860s, he starts to play around with other names, and he comes across this Greek word dunamis. And he's like, hey, that's it, that, that kind of power. That's what this thing is doing. That's what this is doing. And so from that, we have our modern-day dynamite. Don't be alarmed. This is not real, okay? It's not explosive, this building's not going to blow up. But that's the symbolism that we're given, kind of this explosive power of God's spirit at work inside of us. It's dynamite inside of you. It's power with a purpose. That's what God is doing as he places your spirit in your life so that it begins to change things and make an impact to those people that are around you. That's what God wants to place inside of you, his power, his power with a purpose inside of your life. Now, let me clarify this. God's power in your life does not make you a better Christian. 
Some people assume that, oh, so I can't be saved if I don't have the feeling of God's spirit. You guys, let me remind you, you're only saved by one thing. It's not by your works. It's not because you're good enough or you can do something on your own. No, you are only saved by the grace of God. I am only saved by God's grace. It's simply the work of Christ on the cross and me receiving his gift for my sins. That's how I'm saved. This isn't about becoming a better Christian. This doesn't mean you're a second-class citizen if you don't have this, like you're going to be in the back of heaven and everyone else is going to be in the front. That's not what this is about. But let me tell you this. If God has something more, I want it for my life. I want that power inside of me. I want the power to be his witness to those around me. I want his spirit to influence and impact other people around me. God, if he has something more, I want it inside of me. I want all that he has for me, church. And so that's what this power is working inside of us. And we see the difference that it makes. I mean, you look at scripture here, what happens there, there's the moving of the spirit. There's this large group of people. And in Acts, we see this story continue that Luke is writing. And Peter, this young man, begins to stand up. Thousands of people rush to that spot where God's spirit is moving. And they're laughing at this group of 120 people. Look, these guys are drunk. It's nine in the morning and they've had too much liquor at this point. And they're babbling on in these other languages. And Peter stands up says, hey, we're not drunk as you suppose. This is the work of God's spirit. And in front of a thousand or thousands of people, this large group of people that are right there, he begins to speak about what Jesus did. God sent his son. He died on the cross. A matter of fact, you guys killed him. You handed him over to the Romans, but the Romans couldn't defeat him. Satan couldn't destroy him. God raised him again up from the grave. And this is the promise of God to everyone, to those who are near and to those who are far off. This is what God's given. And you need to understand who Peter was. This is the guy who 50 days earlier, when his best friend Jesus is being beaten and interrogated, he says, I don't know that guy. He's around a campfire. Servants are coming up. I think I saw you with him. He begins to cuss them out and say, get away from me. I don't know who Jesus is. I've never seen that man before. This is the guy who just a few weeks later, he's huddled up in a room with a group of disciples. They're afraid to go outside because they're afraid the Romans or the Jewish leaders are going to do something. And when God's power comes upon him, he's standing up in front of thousands saying, this is what Jesus did. This is the salvation of God for your life. It's okay what you want to do for me. I'm going to declare the work of God to everyone who will listen. This is the dynamite power of God's spirit inside of him. This is power with the purpose. Don't mistake it, church. This isn't about so you feel goosebumps. This isn't about so you can try to have this experience of a rushing wind or, or something like that. Don't get caught up in the experience and miss the purpose of God's power. It's so that you would be his witness everywhere that you go. He wants to place that power inside of your life. See, and when this happens, Acts chapter 2, verse 37, and when they had heard what was said, they were cut to the heart. And they asked Peter and the rest of the apostles, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. This power, it's not for the really special Christians. It's not for people that have been doing this a long time. It's not for the really mature Christians. This is everyone who God calls to himself. You have access to this power. You can pray and say, God, let your spirit fill me, God, every single part of my life. So students, 
you're in that classroom, you're in that cafeteria, and all of a sudden you feel that urge, man, I need to share what Jesus is doing. I need to invite someone to NYC. I need to invite someone to church. Adults, you're at your workplace, you're in your neighborhood, you're at that soccer game or that t-ball game, and God's spirit prompts you, hey, you need to go talk to that person, ask what's going on in their life, and you're nervous about it. You need the power of God to be his witness. It's his spirit inside of you giving that same boldness that he gave Peter on the day of Pentecost to stand up and say, this is the work of Jesus. He's the one who changes us. He's the one who saves us. All you have to do is receive his gift of salvation. And I'm believing that for our church. I'm believing that as we pray every day, God, let your spirit feel us that that power is going to be in our life, not just here in Mesquite, not just in the surrounding areas, but God is going to use our church. He's going to spread this church out into other places. We're believing that, that in this room right now, church, I'm praying for this, that some of you would go to the end of the earth, that God would call you, whether it's short-term or long-term, that God's spirit inside of you, his power working in you would move you to other places around the world where people have not heard the name of Jesus and that his spirit would be alive inside of you to make that change. See, it's the power of God working in your life right here where you're at, in the surrounding areas and wherever God will call you. Church, there's something more that God has for you. It doesn't just stop at salvation. It doesn't just end there. He wants to fill us with his spirit so that we're his witnesses, so that we can lay down our life to declare who Jesus is to everyone who will listen. And I want to pray for us this morning. I'm going to ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. And I just want to invite anyone in the room that hasn't taken that first step to do that right now in this moment. If you're here in this room and you're saying, Aaron, you're talking about the power of God and God's spirit coming into our life and filling us. But I've never taken that first step of surrendering my life to Christ. I'm still trying to fix my life on my own still trying to get by by myself. And this morning, Jesus is here saying, it's okay, I've already paid the price for your sin. You don't have to do it. As a matter of fact, you can't do it on your own, but it's okay, I've taken your place. I've paid for the punishment of your sin and your mistakes. And this this morning, he's offering you his gift of forgiveness and his gift of salvation. And if that's you with no one looking around, would you just stand up right where you're at and come forward to the altar? I want to pray for you. All of us at one point have made that decision that our followers of Christ, we've admitted, God, we've messed up and we're desperately in need of you. So I just want to ask, is there anyone in the room right now you would say, Aaron, that's me. I need to surrender my life to Christ. We won't take too long, but if that's you, would you just stand up right where you're at and come forward? If God's spirit is speaking to you, don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss this moment. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, guys, I'm so excited for you. Church, I'm going to ask if we can pray this together this morning, whether you're saying it for the first time, whether you've prayed it before, I want you to pray this after me. Jesus, I come to you. I realize I need you. I'm broken. There's sin in my life. And I can't fix it on my own. So I'm asking for your salvation. Forgive me. Give me a brand new start. Be the savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. I want to live for you. And I pray this in your name. Amen. 
Church, can we just put our hands together and celebrate for everyone that's prayed that prayer this morning? Man, the word of God says that, that all of heaven is rejoicing, and I want all of us to respond this morning. This gift is for everyone. It's, it's not set aside for certain believers. It's for everyone that says, God, I want more. If you've got more for me, Lord, then I want that. And so I'm going to ask us, we're not going to take too long, but if you would stand to your feet this morning, and I want to encourage you to step out of your seat and to come forward. We want to just fill this place. And as the worship team leads us in one song, you can begin to come right now. I want to ask you, step out of your seat. We're just going to fill this area. And as a church together, we're going to pray, God, fill our life this week. Lord, come into our life, God. Give us that power that your word speaks about. We don't want to do this on our own. So church, just begin to come around here. If you want to, you can lift up your hands in an act of surrender and just saying, God, if you've got more for me, I want it. I want it, God. I want all that you have. Church, just begin to pray that. Ask him to fill up your life. Ask him to move, that his spirit would come and that it would take over every part of your life, that he would fill you up. We're just asking for that, God. We want the work of your spirit inside of us, Lord. We don't want to do this on our own, God, in our school, wherever we are at. God, in our workplace, Lord, with people that we interact with, we're asking for the power of your spirit, God. Everywhere that we go, Lord, fill us up, God. Fill us up, Lord. Work inside of us. God, we open up our hearts, Lord. We open up our lives to you, Lord.